What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The following podcast is a production of the Factual Data Creations Facility. Welcome back to the OFNT Podcast. This is episode 159, which I'm calling Saved by the NPA. It'll make more sense to you when we get to story time. Yeah, I scraped up some tech news this week. Apple has announced that the company's yearly developers conference aptly named the Worldwide Developers Conference. It's better known as the WWDC. Unless you're one of those hip Apple insiders who say Dub Dub DC will be held on June 5th through the 9th. Reports say that we may see the new Mac Pro in the virtual reality goggles the fruit people have supposedly been working on. Personally, I have no interest in either, but sure, I'd like to take a gander at them. Other than that, the most interesting thing to me is the new features coming to iOS, iPad OS, and TV OS. Continuing with Apple, the screened version of the HomePod is supposedly delayed until late 2024. The product was initially slated to be coming this fall. Well, at least according to internet rumors, and we all know how reliable they are. <laughs> Digital Trends had the following headline last week. After reaping the rewards, NVIDIA turns its back on cryptocurrency. What? For those of you into the non-government digital currencies, NVIDIA chips were the silicon of choice for computers used to mine for Bitcoin and other crypto. NVIDIA released a statement last week in which the company shared the opinion that crypto doesn't bring anything useful to society. Instead, NVIDIA is all about chatbots such as ChatGPT and its competitors. Why the abrupt shunning of cryptocurrency? I don't know for sure, but in my opinion, the world is moving towards central bank-controlled digital currency. In order for this official currency to gain support and legitimacy, all non-controllable digital currency, like Bitcoin, for example, cannot be allowed to exist. Governments will regulate crypto into oblivion to clear the way for their own version of digital currency. In fact, the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, Signature, and Silvergate banks, who were heavily into crypto, had government regulators putting pressure on them, which caused the collapses. That's according to reports by outlets branded conspiracy theorists, so take what you will from that info. As proof for this theory, it is noted that all deposits were covered after the failure of these banks, except crypto-based deposits. Isn't that convenient? Perhaps NVIDIA has either gotten some inside information, 
or just sees the writing on the wall. The Chinese-based search engine Baidu has canceled the planned livestream launch of the company's chat GPT competitor, Ernie, last Monday. This according to a story from Reuters. This cancellation has caused Baidu's stock to fall by 4.5%. As I said last week, it's much harder for a Chinese-based company to bring a product such as this to market than it is for Western companies, and that's because of the requirement for such game-changing tech to first pass through the auspices of the Communist Party of China. They'll eventually receive the green light, so we'll all just have to wait until then. Video game maker Electronic Arts has announced it's cutting 6% of the company's workforce, which works out to some 800 jobs. EA is just another tech casualty of the return to normalcy after the COVID Shut pandemic. Up. I don't hear those calls for learning the code from the usual suspects lately, though. Do you? No! Well, it's been yet another quiet week in the world of tech. Here's a quick takeaway. TikTok is still not banned, and the bill that would give the government the authority to do so has been found to be so overloaded with additional powers that it's being called the Patriot Act Part 2. To offset the possible banning of its wildly popular social media app, TikTok's parent company, ByteDance, has launched Lemon8, an Instagram competitor. Speaking of TikTok, the podfather, Adam Curry had a great take on why TikTok has become so popular, and it's not because of the app's algorithm. Mr. Curry cites the positivity of TikTok's comment section. He posits that the negative comments that are so prevalent on all other social media platforms are not raised to the top for engagement sakes. Instead, positive comments are the priority on TikTok. This makes sense to me because of my personal experience while attempting to engage with various platforms. My comments are, or were, pretty general and positive, but still I was the target of negative responses from the basement-dwelling keyboard tough guys and gals. These days, I don't make comments. Heck, I hardly use social media because it doesn't do anything but anger me, and I just don't need all the negativity. Tech I'm using. Like the world of tech, there's not much happening here at the Old Farts household in regards to technology. I guess this time period can be considered the dry season for tech for both the industry and myself. Now, I do have my eye on a few things for future purchase, but because I'm married, I have to either justify said purchases or have an appropriate occasion to celebrate for that justification. <clears throat> if you're married, then you know exactly what I mean. Now, I'm not complaining. No. Having to listen to the one whom must be obeyed functions as a check on my whims. Thank you. New technology is sort of an addiction for me, and I'm capable of justifying the purchase of the most useless tech for myself if left to my own devices. Pun intended. Anyway, I'm looking forward to replacing my old iMac with a Mac Mini and my Intel-based MacBook Pro with an M2-chipped MacBook Air. You know, I'll miss the touch bar. Yeah, I'm one of the very few who uses it. <laughs> My wife and I are due to upgrade our iPhones this fall. While she's of the opinion that the bigger the screen, the better the phone, I'm not too sure of that for myself. I find that the older I get, the less I use my iPhone. Hardly anyone actually calls me these days, and almost all of the text messages I receive are from family members. 
And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. No. I'll probably just get a iPhone 15 poor person's edition, while my lovely wife will probably go for one of the larger screen versions. The state of smartphones seems to be stale to me, and I have no excitement building like I did back in the old wild days when there were more competing form factors and mobile operating systems. The consumer back then had a multitude of choices, iOS, Android, Palm OS, BlackBerry OS, and more. Now we have exactly two choices. Upstarts like Tizen and Linux have tried, but like the other operating systems, have been vanquished. Maybe the rise of web apps will bring back more competition. If you recall, the original iPhone was supposed to depend on web applications until the bean counters figured out that there was money to be made with an app store, and especially the dreaded subscription model. <laughs> Entertainment news. Now, most of the television series I regularly watch have wrapped up their current seasons and, like the tech world, are entering the dry season. I enjoyed shows like Poker Face, Mayor of Kingstown, Yellowstone, and Godfather of Harlem. Those shows all ended well, and I'm looking forward to their respective next seasons. One new show that has started well is the new Kiefer Sullivan vehicle called Rabbit Hole. I, I believe it's on Paramount+. Plus. Rabbit Hole is sort of a spy thriller, and the first two episodes have provided many plot twists and turns that have kept this jaded old fart guessing. Other than that, there's nothing on the horizon that interests me, which is probably for the better as I'm trying to find a new place to live so I can leave the sinking ship New York has become behind. Streaming service Hulu is rolling out an update to its app, which will bring it in line with most other streaming services apps. The toolbar, which is currently on the top of the screen, will be moved to the left side, where most other apps have placed it. I'm just hoping Hulu gets it right and it's an improvement over the current app. Well, I don't know if this item would be considered entertainment news, as it concerns a news media company. Then again, I consider the modern bought-and-paid-for mainstream media part of the entertainment industry anyway. Ouch. This concerns the once-great news broadcaster, Cable News Network, also known as CNN. Back in ancient times, the 1980s, CNN burst onto the scene with 24-hour news coverage and tough journalists combing the world for worthy events. As a GI stationed overseas, CNN was the go-to network for getting all the news from stateside and from around the globe. I don't know when the culture changed at CNN, but these days there isn't any news. Well, there is news, but it's all opinion-driven versus fact-based. CNN is not alone in this. Most other outlets are the same. In CNN's case, the audience ratings have gotten so low that many, if not most, news podcasts routinely draw more of an audience. New management over at CNN has replaced various shows and news personalities, but it doesn't seem to be making a difference. CNN has to be bleeding money, and I wonder how long its parent company, Warner Discovery, will continue to prop the network up. Maybe CNN should just fire everyone and start from scratch. Do you watch CNN? What do you think their future is? Podcast News While big money-backed celebrity-hosted podcasts continue to be released, the volume is way down, which if you listen to this show, then you know I feel this is a good thing. 
The major media enterprises who poured millions, if not billions of dollars into the podcast space have had their butts handed to them. They had all counted on advertising sales to generate enough profits, but with the pandemic ending, China. audience numbers fell off sharply with advertisers following. Going forward, I think we'll see celebrity casts for scripted fiction shows and as guests. The whole podcasting so-called industry will see a period of consolidation and the cancellation of many shows. This will give the independent podcaster a fighting chance of competing. The problem with podcasting, though, is discovery. There are many websites and podcast players who try to make discovery of podcasts easy, but none of them seem to be good enough to make discovery as easy as, let's say, a Google search. I guess it's the decentralized nature of the RSS method of distribution of podcasts that contributes to this. The good thing is that with this approach, it makes podcasts harder to control, especially with the Podcast 2.0 Index. Here are some podcasts I listen to and recommend. For news and political commentary, Daybreak Insider, FT News Briefing, The World Brief from The Economist, and The Intelligence from The Economist. For news commentary, uh, I'm going to pick The Michael Savage Show. For news about the podcast industry, The New Media Show. For news deconstruction, No Agenda. For horror, well, it's got to be The No Sleep Podcast. News about Ukraine? Ukraine, the latest. Podcast criticism. Who are these podcasts? 80s and 90s retro culture. The insanely dangerous retro podcast. These are the shows I listen to. Email me your recommendations. I'm always looking for something new to listen to and would appreciate your suggestions. Yes, it's story time. This week I retell a story from another now-defunct podcast I used to helm. I call it My Encounter with the New People's Army. So sit back and try to enjoy yourself. One of the places I was stationed at while I was in the military was Clark Air Base. It was located in Angeles City, Republic of the Philippines. I was stationed there in the late 1980s. Now, Clark was a sprawling base, second in size only to Edwards Air Force Base in California. Edwards was basically a test base, so most of its land was nothing but desert. Clark was fully built up. It was so large that after a night on the town, you would take a taxi to get back to the barracks from the main gate. Only problem with that was that the fare was around $6. Back in the 1980s, this was expensive, especially for poor GIs like myself. Clark Air Base had numerous entry gates, so one trick to negate the taxi fare was to take a local mode of transportation, namely a trike, which is a motorcycle with a passenger sidecar, which costs about a dollar, to get to the Friendship Gate. From there, you can get a taxi for about three bucks, saving yourself some money. Yeah, we were that poor. Us GIs would rather spend our money on beer and women, so every penny counted. 
After partying with my crew one Saturday evening, I realized I had indulged in a little too much beer and decided to call in an evening. It had been a rough week at work, and I was tired and cranky. In other words, normal. I made my way towards the main gate of the base with the intention of hiring a trike to the Friendship Gate and taking a taxi from there as I've described previously. After haggling with numerous trike drivers, who for some reason were all demanding the equivalent of a $3 fare, I decided to just walk the mile or so to my destination. Well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. That route wasn't lit and I was the only sap walking that dangerous road. Not even locals would be caught walking that road after dark. A combination of youth and drunkenness fueled my bravado. The road was flanked by the tall walls of the airbase on one side and a run-down, I mean very run-down, housing development on the other side. About halfway to my destination, an unmarked jeepney, which is the equivalent of a New York gypsy cab, meaning unlicensed, slowly paralleled me. Its driver was asking if I would like a ride. Now, a jeepney is an old U.S. World War II-era jeep converted to accept up to 10 passengers or more. I refused the offer of the ride, not wanting to be robbed, which was a thing with unmarked jeepneys at that time. The vehicle pulled slightly ahead of me, and two rough-and-tough-looking local men hopped out the back and started walking towards me. Realizing that I was most likely going to be robbed, I quickly decided on the fight part of the fight-or-flight instinct. I reasoned if I was going to make a run for it in my present condition, I'd only get robbed while being tired. Anyway, where was I going to run to? So I bladed my body in anticipation of the beatdown that was surely coming my way, when all of a sudden the two local men stopped dead in their tracks. They both now had a wide-eyed expression on their faces, and they scrambled back into the rear of the jeepney, which hit the gas and quickly left. That left me alone, or... So I thought, thinking that I had scared off my would-be assailants, I suddenly realized that a large dump truck was slowly approaching me from the rear. It slowly passed me by, and I noticed that the rear of the truck was filled with what I thought were either the local police or Philippine army troops. I assumed this because they were wearing unmarked military-style shirts and armed with M16 rifles, which were pointed directly at me. Because of my impaired state... This didn't bother me at all. The men stared at me intently, which did make me somewhat uncomfortable. I waved at my saviors, or would-be saviors, and yelled my thanks as the truck rolled by. Its occupants' weapons and stares still focused on me until the vehicle slowly made a left turn down one of the run-down streets of the housing development. I recall thinking how strange their behavior toward me was at the time as I continued my journey. A few minutes later, I heard the unmistakable staccato of small arms fire, and this time the flight instinct won over the fight instinct, and I ran as fast as I could to the friendship gate, promptly vomiting upon my arrival. This caused the bored lone gate guard to burst out laughing. After recovering, I mentioned the dump truck and the sounds of gunfire, to which the guard, now convinced I was mentally challenged, replied, That was firecrackers, you idiot. You hear that around here all the time. Feeling more foolish than usual, I jumped in the first taxi I saw and finally made it back to the barracks. Back at work the following Monday, I was describing my weekend adventure to my buddies when I was pulled aside by a local worker. The man excitedly told me that the dump truck was not full of army or police like I thought it was. In fact, it was the local communist New People's Army, or NPA as they were called, 
who just happened to be waging a nationwide armed insurrection at the time. He also told me that a dump truck was their vehicle of choice because it was almost like a tank to them. He told me what I had witnessed was an NPA cell on their way to assassinate a relative of the mayor of Angeles at the time. As proof, he produced a copy of the local newspaper and pointed to the article detailing the assassination and saying that I was fortunate I wasn't killed that evening. Well, I never walked that road to the Friendship Gate again, even in broad daylight, and from then on, I paid that expensive taxi fare from the main gate to the barracks when returning from a night on the town. that'll wrap up this episode of the OFNT podcast. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the episode. I enjoyed making it for you. If you like what you heard, hey, you can make a donation using the link in the show notes. Any and all donations will be appreciated. And you can always reach me at OFNTpodcast at gmail.com if you're so inclined. I'd enjoy hearing from you. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Man, it's the month of April already. Before you know it, summer will be in full swing. Hey, you don't want to miss it, so why don't you get off my lawn? Stay skeptical. I'm out. See ya!